Welcome to the International Podcast. Conversations that matter from around the world. From politics, entertainment, culture, the arts, lifestyle, and more. The International brings you various perspectives from key voices. And now, over to the host of the International, G. Van Robinson. Good day, everyone. Welcome to yet another edition of the International Podcast. Here with you for yet another week. I am your host, Jeevan Robinson. Today, I have with me a very special guest. And we're in California today, California, United States. And I have with me Mr. Will Shelton. Will is the author of the book, The Silent Agreement, An Illusion of Inclusion in Black Corporate America. Will is also the CEO of Willpower Integrated Marketing. Will, a pleasant day to you and welcome to the International. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here and to share with your, your audience. Really wonderful. It's, it's really, really good to have you here. And we're, we're going to get right into it because, you know, we were supposed to talk, then something happened. And now, so we're finally, <laughs> we're finally getting to chat. So before anything happens, let's just delve into the conversation today. Well, yeah. I was quite intrigued. I came across uh, the book, a synopsis, The Silent Agreement, uh, An Illusion of Inclusion in Black Corporate America. And I, I, I was like, well, what is this about? So let me ask you, what is the book about? Yeah, the book is about a silent agreement. It's like a psychological contract that's unfulfilled for Black high achievers in corporate America. You know, oftentimes they get into corporate America, Black executives, and, you know, they're promised C-suite positions, they're promised uh, promotions, but they find out the hard way that the other side hasn't signed the contract when they get in there. Right. So it's this thing, the silent agreement is kind of like a perceived rocking of the boat. Like no one wants to rock the boat. The black executive doesn't, the, the white executives and, and superiors don't want to rock this boat. So they both end up making this silent agreement. Um, and so that's what the book is, is how to fight with conviction against the broken promises and the broken culture that exists in corporate America. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that because we often hear the glass ceiling and sometimes that's referred to by certain genders reaching a certain way up the ladder in terms of like being being involved in the corporate world. But in a way too, there's somewhat of a ceiling from what you're saying for black executives, whether they be male or female within within corporate America. You mentioned, which I found quite intriguing, you 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 allude to boxing techniques and stuff like that <laughs> within the book. I see you smiling. Talk to us about these these boxing techniques and, and why the inclusion of those were. Okay, yeah. Well, it kind of started with, you know, I started writing a lot of articles during the pandemic, during when we had a lot of the, the racial and social injustice going on mm -hmm. uh, globally, you know. So um, there, the, the boxer named Mike Tyson, most people know who he is. So um, what happened in his prime, most of the time, he would knock out most of his sparring partners. But once in a while, he would get one who he couldn't knock out. So he would resort to holding and clinching, mm -hmm. trying to get a break. 
But his trainer, Teddy Atlas, told him, Mike, you got to stop making the silent agreement because one day you're going to get a guy who's not going to sign the contract. So what happens is when black executives get into corporate America, they don't stop fighting, but they stop fighting with that same intensity and they start throwing and boxing what I call don't hit me punches. A don't hit me punch is when you start fighting not to lose instead of fighting to win. You're just trying to survive the conflict until it's over. And a lot of times black executives become psychological contortionists, twisting themselves in knots for the illusion of inclusion. Interesting. <laughs> you make mention of below the belt tactics that are sometimes employed by white executives within corporate America to stop the black executives from moving up the ladder. And that is a very interesting theory. Talk to us a bit more about these below the belt tactics, seeing that we're now making these references to boxing. Yeah, yeah one of them is what I call, um, when they offer you a, a promotion or they offer you a different title, in boxing, um, there's something called step aside money. And what happens is if you have a champion, the champion wants to stay the champion as long as he can. So he doesn't want to fight the number one contender. So he'll offer the number one contender step aside money in order to fight the number two or three guy. Mm -hmm. So what happens is they offer us these positions and it's kind of like you're stepping to the side and you don't get you don't get promoted up, you get promoted to the side. Mm -hmm. And what happens is you end up, you know, maybe in the urban department, you know, they'll say, hey, you're the VP of urban and you're, you're like, kind of like put on the black track. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and there's a cost to that. There's a price for that. Like, do you take that position that they offer to you for the money that they're offered to, or do you say, that's not going to work for me. Um, the, the price is too high. Um, I'm going to be dealing with a lot of um, discomfort in that position. And you know it's not really authentic. It's mm -hmm. kind of like a token position. So do you, do you take the position and say, okay, I'll go ahead and take it and hold the door open for the people behind me? Or, you know, do you, do you suffer to achieve where you want to go or, you know, or your career could be derailed. So there's a lot of entanglements that happen when making those choices or presented with these, I would call token positions or black track step aside types of positions. So here it is. And this is what I'm thinking as you were speaking, the black executive who accepts this position of the, C, the, the director of urban integration, Let, let's invent that term. <laughs> and they may say to you, well, well, I hear you, but these corporations didn't have such a department before and they weren't looking out for our people. So I'm gonna take this position to try to bring more of our people along and expose them to the capabilities that can be had when they interact with our people. How, how, what, what do you say to such a response? I think that's the dilemma right there. That's the dichotomy is, hey, you you can take it and you can say, look, I'm going to be the first. I'm going to be the Jackie Robinson mm -hmm. and I'm going to move ahead and I'm going to deal with all the the mayhem and the chaos and everything that may come at me where that may shave years off your life. That may shave years off your career. 
mentally and emotionally the cost is is very high or you know you can say no i'm not going to take this this position i'm going to leave the company and maybe start my own uh business or my own brand you've made some reference in the past to black executives being trapped in urban purgatory i i want you for our audience to expand on what is it you mean when you say they're trapped in urban purgatory yeah um you know purgatory is like one of those spiritual terms in religion that they use like you're just you're really on like an endless treadmill you just keep running in place you don't ever get out you're kind of trapped you're in prison to it mm -hmm. so what happens with black executives like we um just mentioned they may put you in the urban department or on the black track where you never get out you just do the remainder of your time in those types of positions and you feel like your hopes and dreams have been just shoplifted from you mm -hmm. and you know well one of the things is that the Black Lives Matter movement, 2020 was a significant year. We had the Black Lives Matter movement. There was a lot of, there, there has been a lot of publicity, so to speak, around black issues. Now, one of the things I know that you, you're very keen on and you've expressed uh, some thoughts around is that black, sorry, corporate America, they've said a lot towards the black community, but they haven't really done a lot. You think they were just feeding this lip service because, well, hey, the, the Black issue is front and center, so let's just give some platitudes towards that. Yeah, I think you're on point. I think one of the things that happened is um, you had a lot of performative measures. You, um, One question um, that I ask global brands when I coach them on diversity, I speak to them about it, is, is your solidarity solid or is it symbolic? Mm. Did Black Lives Matter before Black Lives Matter? Do your um, stats, you know, line up with um, your C-suite numbers? Um, you claim you are so have solidarity, but you only have 2% of Black executives, men or women, in your C-suite positions. So what happens is you have the Black consumer that's looking under the hood and doing a 150-point inspection on these companies, they're doing an MRI now. So black consumers spend $1.4 trillion on goods and services with global brands. So they're voting with their dollars. They're saying, we're not going to patronize your company anymore because we see that your solidarity isn't solid and it's very performative. So, you know, you, you have those types of things that happened and companies, I, I think now they're understanding the power that uh, minorities have, that Blacks have, and the choices that they make in who they want to do business with. So I think these businesses, these global brands are taking it seriously, but it's still going to be slow. It's going to be take some time to turn things around with diversity and inclusion, because first of all, a company has to be committed to diversity, and they have to make DNI a part of their DNA. Mm -hmm. I, I like that. What you said at the beginning is your solidarity solid or is it symbolic? That is a powerful question. <laughs> Opens up so many doors. Executives are running for the door, like, okay, this guy, this guy is going to be on the spot. Let, let me get out of here. <laughs> you know? Do you 
after you coach these executives and what do they say to you after when they when you're talking after having the coffee the the end of session chat if you don't mind giving us a little bit of insight mm -hmm. at some of the the, the round the, the coffee table yeah. conversations so to speak well i think most of the time they feel better because it's there's so much fear involved in making the wrong move do, you know uh, one thing i tell them is you have to make a full commitment to black america they want you to put a ring on it. They don't want the cohabitation. They don't want the shack up honey or the part-time lover. They don't want you to show up during Black History Month only or during Juneteenth. They want a full commitment year round, just like a marriage. Mm -hmm. so, so I think when I explain that to them and how, how do you invest in the Black community, a couple of things I tell them is, first of all, you guys want their loyalty your their your brand loyalty but first in order to get loyalty you have to gain their respect and you have to gain their trust then you can gain their loyalty mm -hmm. so when i break it down to them like that they say oh we weren't looking at it like that we weren't mm -hmm. understanding the full commitment to put a ring on it that they want you know they're not going to to be swept off their feet anymore, you know, on, on the first date. <laughs> you know? Right, right, right. You know, <laughs> folks, we're speaking to Will Shelton, and Will is the author of the book, The Silent Agreement. And the book is out. It's a very powerful read, uh, as you've been hearing here on The International, just giving us some ideas, some of his ideas, in terms of how corporate America could be more inclusive towards the Black community. Will is also the CEO of Willpower Integrated Marketing. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the Willpower Integrated Marketing. You've built up an extensive network, over 100,000 hair salons, beauty salons across the United States. Yeah. What made you get into this area of, of marketing and, and specifically these uh, businesses that you've been working with. Talk to us about that. Kind you of. know what? It's, it's a very unique story. I actually started off as a, a, a I'm a, actually a licensed barber and cosmetologist. Mm, and okay. I, had, I had my own salon for 10 years. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in the black community, the black barbershops and salons are like the ecosystem that makes the black community flourish. Mm -hmm. It's like the coronary artery to the community. They're, they're literally the incubators of the culture and the, the barbers and stylists are the cultivators of the culture. There's so much outsized influence that they have and Blacks have always redefined the cultural norms and they're redefining the cultural new norms. So what happened in, in those 10 years that I had my own shop, you know, um, your barber or stylist can get more out of you in 15 minutes than a therapist in 15 years. <laughs> it's, it's that kind of thing. It's there's a conveyor belt of conversations always going on. Yeah. So clients would ask me, they would say, Will, what album or what song was that playing? And I would tell them and they would say, you know, this was in the 90s, so CDs were out then. Mm -hmm. So they would say, I'm going to go buy that CD you just played, or I'm going to go see that movie that you recommended. So mm -hmm. I had this epiphany and I realized I was kind of inadvertently helping these entertainment companies and brands market their projects in the shop. So I was like, you know, this is what I told myself. If I have nothing, I have nothing to lose. So I put a proposal together and I sent it out 
to every movie studio, every television network, and every record label that I could think of at the time. Mm-hmm. And guess what happened? Within about 30 days, I started receiving like free CDs to play in the salon and advanced screening passes. And that's how it all started right there. It was, it was this captive, receptive audience of, of African-Americans that have an insatiable appetite for entertainment and spend billions of dollars on goods and services. Yeah, and, and, and what you have demonstrated is the power of the black dollar. We always hear, especially when it comes to discussing race issues, particularly, we always hear the power of the black dollar and black people should boycott this and not do this and not do that and stuff like that. However, sometimes we, we find that as a black community, we do not participate in these boycotts. We still go to the movies. We still go and see whomever. But from, from a level, from that corporate America perspective, particularly, and I like what you have done in terms of sitting in your very own barbershop, hearing these conversations, recognizing an opportunity and acting upon that opportunity. May I ask you, Will, how do you propose, for instance, or how do you help, I should say, even young Black people out there who they have their ideas, they see opportunity, but they're either scared or they don't know how to access these opportunities and explore realizing these opportunities. Well, first of all, I say you have to realize the opportunity. You have to realize, think about what's missing. Um, Think about a solution to a problem that a brand is having or something that you see that's missing out there. Think about, first of all, there's an emotional component and that's fear and that's false evidence appearing real. There's false barriers, there's false boundaries that we tell ourselves because it's not what we don't have, it's what we think we need that holds us back. We have to realize we're enough and we have enough and we can win with what we have already. Mm -hmm. So once you recognize that part, then you can start to go into action and say, well, let me develop, let me restructure something. Let me look out there and and find a niche. Um, When I talk to young people and brands that are trying to start up, I say, you know, find a niche, find something that is unique because unique is better than better. And you always want to end up being the choice, not just a choice. Right. And for willpower integrated marketing it's a really wonderful story in terms of how you started it where are you now tell us about your your network across the united states are you california based primarily are you all across the country <laughs> talk to us about that where, yeah, where, it, where, it, yeah. yeah it's so vast now i mean this is like my 26th year now so mm-hmm. I've, ma- I've amassed a network of over 100,000 shops so Uh, If you think about it, I've worked with every brand from Universal Pictures to ABC to NBC, every uh, even the major streaming channels, uh, Amazon and uh, Hulu. So what what's going on now? And I've even worked with Google um, and and AT and T. And so now I'm working with global brands, and I literally take them from the mezzanine, from the balcony to the orchestra section where they get a front row seat with their target consumer. They get immediate uh, acquisition from the African-American consumer. So now, and the other thing is we've done, we've even used 
we've transitioned the salon sometimes into pillars of health. We uh, worked with the um, different doctors this year. They had a COVID treatment that came out. And you know, there's a lot of resistance and hesitance from the black community. So where do you build the trust at in the barbershops and salons to try to uh, get the facts out, get the facts straight in the community. So we even did vaccine awareness programs this year. So, I mean, we, we just, we go from COVID to comedy. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's entire. You know what I love about the story that you're, you're telling and you spoke there of some brands, Universal Studios, Netflix, Google, these are multi-billion dollar brands. Now, the average person starting a business would think, man, those companies are only going to deal with the big boys. They're not going to come to a startup advertising slash marketing company, et cetera, et cetera. What is the end? What is the end, Will? To get to these high-level decision makers mm -hmm. to say to them, hey, this is what I am doing. This is how I could be a benefit to you. Okay. Okay, what, what I could tell the audience is number one, you, you have to believe in yourself. You have to have the confidence and the competence to be not just have the solution, but, but to be almost like a guidance counselor, a, a consultant, a doctor. You give the prescription. You, you're the one who goes in there and you say, look, here is the problems that I see and here's a course correction. Here's the things that you don't even see. And here's the things that I can have a high value. We can address them. So I would say, you know, you need to do your research on these brands first, understand what their pain points are. You have to be what I would say, a forward thinker. You have to lead the thinking. You have to go to them and say, this is what's next. This is what I see coming, and this is how I can see you connecting with this consumer so that you can elevate your brand and that you can create that brand loyalty. And not just that, though, what I also tell them is that you want to gain their respect and you want to gain their trust. Those are the things that a lot of people don't talk about that brands need to hear, especially today. You mentioned trust just now, and it takes me into this thought where you've expressed that there are seven ways in which corporate America could win back the trust of Black people. You, you've mentioned a few things along the way as we've been talking. Uh, are there any other pointers, aside from what you've mentioned before, that you think are poignant to bring out here? Yeah, um, let me see. There, well, first of all, there's accountability um, <laughs> that has to happen. They're, like a lot of these brands have what I call, um, there's a, a truancy of transparency. And there's always been a vacancy for honesty and transparency. And those brands that take occupancy of that, they have nothing to lose and everything to gain. I think the other thing is that instead of wasting funds and resources on lip service, corporations need to really ensure key performance indicators that reflect that commitment and equality and that diversity in their efforts. I think um, collaboration <clears throat> is key, um, equal partnership. Um, you know, you have to make 
uh, black executives feel comfortable in corporate America. So they don't feel like they have to create these facades of conformity to fit into the corporate views and values so they can be their authentic selves. Um, I think you need, they need to start reaching out to not just universities, they need to start reaching out to junior colleges and high schools so they can create a pipeline of young black minorities and executives that they can pull up into the major leagues. So when they start establishing those types of, um, of initiatives, then you know we can see some of these challenges finally come to a point to where we're getting somewhere. Because to always say this too, you get nowhere until you get real. Mm -hmm. That is true. You know, Black people in the United States, and I guess I could say Black people around the world, have always been fighting for a very long time, fighting for a fair voice to be heard. Mm -hmm. And we've seen even other minority causes, uh, if we call it that, that have come up in recent times and have attained, achieved, I should say, significant success. Yet Black people are still fighting for a fair voice. Black Lives Matter, for instance, the entire movement around there. How do you see that actual process moving forward with the integration of what we're talking about here with corporate America, uh, social leaders, religious leaders, even political leaders? How do you see the integration to help the Black voice and the issues that are pertinent to the Black community elevate, move forward, and achieve success? Yeah, I think first, um you know, we have to deal with the deep-seated attitudes that may not even be consciously held. And they may not even manifest themselves in, in like an illegal behavior, but, but there's these, um, it's, it's a thing where people get highly adjusted to the injustice, you know, on both sides. And I think we need to start breaking that down. I think those are the first things that we need to break through um to to start i think to turn things around and to you're not you you're only going to get somewhere until you have important conversations about what's important mm -hmm. you know and i think we haven't had that many important conversations enough and come off the sidelines to where we can deal with the the cultural damage that's been done. And I think people, I think corporations, brands, they just need to be honest and confess up to a lot of the damage so that we can start to heal. I think a lot of times people think that they can't start over, but they can begin again. Um, it's one of those things where you can begin again and you can heal. So that's the process I think we need to start with to, mm -hmm. to get to that place. You know, well, your, your views on the issues we've been discussing here for the past half hour, quite profound. And I want to really thank you for sharing these views with us. Folks, it's uh, Will Shelton we're talking to, the author of the book, The Silent Agreement, An Illusion of Inclusion in Black Corporate America, How to Fight with Conviction and Avoid Broken Promises. Will you speak around the United States? Do you only speak to black corporate executives or is your audience inclusive? My audience is pretty diverse. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and it needs to be. You know, you have to 
help the black executives, the, the black uh, community, but you also have to instill um, the right things into the, the global brands and white America needs to understand um, that there's sometimes there's an asymptomatic brand of racism and bigotry that's, that's really there and under the microscope that maybe they can't see. So if I can speak to them and they can become better allies, a lot of them are already allies, if they can become better allies, then I think we, we can really make some strong progress that we've been you know, trying to get. And I think one of the things I always say is we may not get everything we fight for, but everything we get will be a fight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that is so true. <laughs> so will folks, listening to our conversation today may want to learn more about you. They probably never have heard of you and like, wait, who is this? Is this Les Brown's cousin or somebody? Like, who is this guy? (laughs) (laughs) Where can they, well, firstly, before we we talk about where where they can find you, the the silent agreement and uh, folks may want to purchase it and they want to get a copy for their libraries to read more of your views on this. Give us uh, the locations online. Uh, so forth where folks could get this book please yeah sure yeah they can you can go straight to the silentagreement.com which is the website you can go on any um book website i mean amazon barnes and noble so it's it's all over you can order it you know on all book platforms um you can reach me at willpowermarketing.com also, my Instagram is the letter I, the letter M, willpower with one L. Um, I am willpower. Yeah, at I am willpower. That's the IG site. So you can reach me and I'm sure you'll probably put something in the notes uh, where people can reach me at as well. Um, so um, Yeah, so I'm available for speaking engagements, for coaching, for diversity. And um, I just want to, you know, help, you know, people to become what they overcome in life, you know? I like that. I like that. I think think that is the most perfect note to end the conversation here on the international with you, help people to become what they overcome. I got it right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Excellent. Well, listen, you and I, we're, we're, we're going to be talking some more for sure. I, I like your, your thought process and, and we share synergy on a, a lot of the things that you've been talking about here on the international today. So I look forward to additional conversations with you, but allow me at this juncture to just take the time to, to thank you for being here and agreeing to come on to the international. As I said, we had our little, you know, playing tag, but we, we got it together. <laughs> we eventually got it together. So Will, thank you so much, my brother. Thank you. Thank you. No problem, folks. That brings us to the end of the International for this week. We have been speaking to Will Shelton, and he is the author of The Silent Agreement, An Illusion of Inclusion in Black Corporate America, and also the CEO of Willpower Integrated Marketing. And Will gave you there a few moments ago where you can find him via Instagram, where you can buy his book also. And it's a good read. I recommend that you get your hands on a copy. So until we meet again next week, I am your host, Jeevan Robinson, saying 
Have yourself a wonderful day. The International Podcast. Conversations that matter from around the world. From politics, entertainment, culture, the arts, lifestyle, and more. The International brings you various perspectives from key voices.